morning, good morning. Uh, good morning from New York City. Uh, my name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and uh, I saw this video today that made me sad. It was a video of a brother who uh, was literally in tears because he hated his job. And I'm going to show you guys the video, and then I'm going to kind of break some of this down for you in terms of explaining what I'm seeing in this video. Uh, you know, as a finance professor, this is a uh, this economics is my thing, and this is an economic issue. So get comfortable, buckle up your seatbelt. We're going to get started on drboystv.com right now. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who got to delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn it to intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Here we are. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I want to say hello to everybody in the chat. I see Aubrey, Aubrey Smook and Pugilism and Gary Oaks and Aaron H. and Terrell, uh, Eugenia, good to see you. Shout out to your city. Let me know what city you guys are coming from. Let me know what city you're coming from. And uh, also, I'd be curious to know how many of you got a text message from me today. I'm testing the system. Uh, if you got a text message, put text in the chat. If you got an email from me about this podcast, put email in the chat. That way I can kind of know if our systems are working, because a lot of times we like to tell you guys uh, it, when we go live. Uh, and if you'd like to get on a text list, uh, all you have to do is text the word voice to 31996. Text the word voice to 31996. Somebody type 31996 in the chat so others can see it if you could. I'd appreciate that very much. Uh, I want to make sure we're able to stay connected because, you know, our messages are honest and sometimes a little bit radical, uh, always pro-Black and always pro-wealth, always pro-education, always pro-family. That's what we believe in. So uh, anyway, guys, I wanted to tell you guys what was on my mind today. I'm in New York I'm in, uh, for a series of meetings, but I had to take a moment to talk to my people about something that I saw. Uh, uh, so T. Reed, who's out of London, uh, you'll appreciate this. I, well, not appreciate it, but you'll understand this. I saw a video of a brother, uh, and I put it on my Instagram. My Instagram is the real boys Watkins, and uh, this brother is uh, hurting. Uh, he's in tears. He's literally in absolute complete tears, uh, and he's crying because he hates his job so much. Uh, he's crying because uh, he can't go back to work. He said, "I just can't take it. This is just too much." And uh, and I understand it. How many of y'all have ever been on the job? Give me a yes in the chat if you have ever been on the job and just been like, this is not life. This is this is not the way it's supposed to be. You know, these, these people, they get on my nerves. The way they're treating me ain't right. Uh, I, I hate this place. <laughs> How many of y'all, you know, seriously, I mean, it, it, it will bring out your inner Unabomber sometimes, right? Because it just, it just hurts and makes you so mad. And, uh, and I'm going to show this video, not because I want to make fun of the brother. I'm not, I'm not here to make fun of him, but I want to make a point. I'm not here to make fun of him, but I want to make a point. And, uh, and so let me just see if I can share my screen and, uh, and, and turn this, uh, the, the audio on uh, so we can all hear him. And uh, let's see, share tab audio. Let me see, make sure I'm hitting the right button. Okay, let's, let's see. Uh, let, give me a yes if you can hear. Uh, 
Like, we are not supposed to live like this, y'all. Like, I'm on lunch, and I don't want to go fucking back in, y'all. We we shouldn't have to struggle so fucking hard and then struggle to operate, struggle to, 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 to function as a person trying to make it. Like, what the fuck, y'all? And I don't have a solution. Like, we just... I don't know, y'all. This ain't fucking it, y'all. This ain't fucking it. I did not picture life being this fucking bullshit, y'all. Y'all, I've had a series of fucking head attacks at fucking work today. Like, we are not supposed to live like this, y'all. Like, I'm on lunch, and I don't want to go fucking back in, y'all. We, we shouldn't have to struggle so fucking hard and then struggle to operate, struggle to to to... to Function as a person trying to make it. Like, what the fuck, y'all? I don't have a solution. Like, we just... I don't know, y'all. This ain't fucking it, y'all. This ain't fucking it. I did not picture life being this fucking bullshit, y'all. Y'all, I've had a series of fucking head attacks. Okay. All right. So, um, so I, I play. I let it run through a couple times so you guys can see it. Uh, I'll pull it up again uh, because you, you guys know on, the, on this platform the goal is not to um, just go for things that are dramatic or gossipy. It is to uh, elevate on a higher higher plane. I, I want us to critically analyze what we're seeing so we can understand the environment within which we live. You see, if you're black, uh, you have to live with your head on a swivel. If you're black. Uh, you got to have some critical thinking skill. If you're black, you got to be able to look uh, behind the curtain. You got to be able to look at the fine print. You have to understand the system around you. If you don't do that, then I don't think you'll ever understand white supremacy and racism because this is a 400-year system that was designed to enslave and to control you. So what this brother said was really interesting to me. Uh, as my, and my heart went out to him. Uh, you know, I know some uh, some of us feel like, oh, that's weak and what's wrong with him? Why would you cry on the Internet? And I get that. I totally get that. I Maybe some things you you can keep to yourself, but uh, but but he put it out there, and uh, and and it's not as if he had feelings that a lot of us haven't had before. All of us can give me a guess in the chat if you could identify with what he had to say. Give me a guess if you saw him and you said, "Man, I I remember feeling that way at some point." Um, I know what that what he's going through, and so uh, so one of the things I I, I want to share with you is uh, I remember one time I went to uh, a friend's house. And uh, it was in Chicago. And I, I met this man who was a banker. Uh, now, he was one of the, the successful Negroes. He, he had uh, a, a bachelor's degree. He had an MBA from, a very, uh, elite, from an elite university. Uh, he was making in the six figures. And he was explaining to me that his, the racism on his job was so bad that it didn't just affect his mental health, it affected his physical health. He said that he went to the doctor and the doctor told him that literally he, the testosterone had been zapped out of his body, that it was, he was that sick, that literally they had emasculated him so bad that he had no testosterone. He said, I couldn't uh, have an erection anymore. I, I, I was depressed a lot. I was gaining weight. The, they, so they so they literally took all just zapped the manhood out of him. So here's what's interesting, right? So he said that getting fired was the best day of my life. You know, getting fired was was like Juneteenth for him. And uh, and he said, and Doctor Boyce, I got to figure it out now. I got to figure it out now. I said, really? I was, so what was your solution? 
And he came downstairs with a big basket full of about seven medications that he had to take just to maintain his mental health. And I remember thinking at that time, and I was much, I was younger than this, about 15 years ago. I remember thinking, I never want to be in that position. I never, ever want to be in a position where another man has stressed me out so much that I got to take medication just to be a normal person, just to be a regular human being. And, and so, so the point here is to say this, look, slavery is hard. Slavery ain't fun. Slavery will affect your mental health. And I use that term slavery in a, in a literal sense, that, that slavery is not just picking cotton in 1745 on a plantation. Slavery is a lack of freedom. That's what slavery is. Slavery, if you get up in the morning and somebody says, hey, why don't we go to the movies? And you say, oh, would you like to? And you, they say, would you like to go to the movies? And you say, yeah, I'd love to go to the movies. They say, okay, well, let's go. And, they, and you say, I can't. I can't go to the movies because I got to go to work. Well, that means that on that on that plane, you're a little bit of a slave. You're a little bit in that slave space. I'm not making fun of it, but I'm saying that slavery and the lack of ability to decide what's going to happen in your life is stressful. Every, there are a thousand studies in psychology that explain that one of the key factors that drives people to depression is a lack of control over your life. They did a study on lab rats where they would shock them. They would put them through pain, kind of like black people have to go through pain and trauma. And we think that trauma means that, 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 that if you haven't gone through trauma, that you really ain't black. If you didn't grow up in the hood getting shot at every day with a mama on crack and a daddy in prison and getting beat up at school and with, with no food in the refrigerator, then you ain't black. You ain't black enough, right? That narrative has to be thrown out the window. I, I don't I don't want trauma to be associated with blackness. But but so 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 they put the rats through pain. They they would shock them, right? And and what they would do is they would shock them randomly where they couldn't control when the shocks were coming and they hurt really bad. So for one group of rats they gave them a solution. The solution was, if you hit this button, you can make the, the electric shock stop. The other group of rats had no solution. They had no control. They just they would just have to live, they just had to deal with it. And so what they found was that when they measured how depressed the rats were, they measured by the amount of serotonin in their brains. When they measured the depression levels of the rats, they found that the rats that did not have control over their own lives had more depression than the rats who had a solution, who had a way out. So this made me think about black people. Black people have depression levels and mental health uh, stressors that are off the chain. Our mental health dilemma is insane. And a big part of your problem is because you gotta go to work every day with people who hate your guts. That is literally the number one problem that most black people have. That's literally the one thing that that, that just drives you crazy. I mean, if you ever want to have a really, if you ever want to have a four-hour conversation, get a bunch of educated Negroes together, like us, us educated Negroes, you know, with us, I got my PhD, right? We are MBAs and JDs and, and BAs and BSs. And, and sit them around a dinner table and just start a conversation off by saying something like, let me tell you about these white people on my job. And then tell a story about what a white person did to you on your job. Then somebody else is going to have a story. Somebody else is going to have a story. Before you know it, y'all done went through three bottles of wine and y'all been sitting there for five hours. That I've seen this happen a thousand times. And what's fascinating is that it doesn't just happen with 
poor black people. It happens with you, with, with us educated black people too. The ones of us who, those of us who think we're at the top of the food chain, when really we're just subjected to a different kind of, a different set of microaggressions. Right? So, so ultimately, I remember figuring out that I said, I think that my biggest stressor in my life is the fact that I got to go to work with people that, that don't like me and I don't like them very much either. They don't have much in common with me. I don't have much in common with them. And, uh, and, and what's interesting was at that time, I had a damn good job. I was on the faculty at Syracuse University making $115,000 a year. What, what in the hell would I have to complain about? I, I didn't even have to go to go into the office except two days a week. I mean, seriously, I had a dream job. I literally had my dream job. But then it, it, it took me time to realize that you shouldn't be dreaming about labor anyway. Like the dream, a dream job is kind of like a, a little bit of an oxymoron. No, it's it's like it's like enjoying it's like enjoying food that makes you vomit. Like I want to find the the, the 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 food that makes me sick, but I want to I want to find the best tasting vomity food I can find. Like that that's so it doesn't even make any sense. So what I realized over time was I I said I think I have the wrong dream. <laughs> I think I've had the wrong dream my whole life. And then I started thinking about the origins of that dream, and I realized that it started in childhood. It started when somebody told me that in order to have money or make a living, you had to go and get a job. Okay, and and this leads uh, to another conversation. I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain some of this to you in one second. Do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe, and also for those of you that want to understand things like how to get off the corporate plantation in the Black Business School, we actually have a Black Wealth Boot Camp, uh, and and we've helped thousands of people get off the corporate plantation. So if you'd like to go take a look, uh, we're not doing a live boot camp, but we do have. Well, the next Black Wealth Boot Camp is going to focus on uh, using call options to generate income, but uh, if you want to go look at the recordings of the previous boot camps, feel free to go to blackwealthbootcamp.com. The URL is right there on the screen. Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. So let me share the video of this brother uh, again. Uh, in case you just came in, we're talking about a video of a, of a black man who was crying on the Internet because uh, he hates his job so much. And I'm going to show you guys the video, and then we're going to continue to dissect this. Cause there's a lot to unpack here. So let me hit this and let me play the audio. He's a fuck up hand that attacks that fucking works today. Like, we are not supposed to live like this, y'all. Like, I'm on lunch and I don't want to go fucking back in, y'all. We, we shouldn't have to struggle so fucking hard and then struggle to operate, struggle to, 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 to function as a person, try to make it. Like, what the fuck, y'all? Bruh. I don't have a solution. Like, we just, I don't know, y'all. This ain't fucking it, y'all. This ain't fucking it. I did not picture life being this fucking bullshit, y'all. Y'all, I've had a series of fucking panic attacks that fucking work today. Like, we are not supposed to live like this, y'all. Like, I'm on lunch, and I don't want to go fucking back in, y'all. We, we shouldn't have to struggle so fucking hard and then struggle to operate struggle to, to 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 function as a person trying to make it like what the fuck y'all and i don't have a solution like we just i don't know y'all this ain't fucking it y'all this ain't fucking it i did not okay so uh i'm gonna pull i'm gonna take this off the screen now and and go a little deeper into this okay so 
so here's here's the first thing that I that I noticed here. Um, he says, I did not picture life being like this. I didn't picture life being like this. And uh, that that really hit me because because I, I, I tend to think heavily about almost everything. And what I thought about was who told you what life was supposed to be like? Who told you how to picture the life that you were going to have anyway? Who told you that? You know, uh, I'll give you an example. Um, I married my wife because my father married my mother and he's been married to my mother almost 50 years. So when I pictured my life, I pictured my life as somebody's husband. If my father had done something different, I would have not pictured my life as somebody's husband. That's why, ladies, if you if if, if you or men, anybody, if you want to know if somebody is interested in marriage, you may want to look at what they grew up watching, what they grew up seeing. If they didn't see a healthy marriage, there, there may be a chance that they may not they may have no interest in 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 that sort of um, um of that that sort of contract. Uh, no disrespect to those who are in that space, but um, uh, something has to be communicated otherwise, right? So uh, also when I pictured getting up every day and what I did every day, I pictured a job. I pictured a job because that's what everybody else did. Um, how many of you grew up in a household like that where everybody worked uh, and if somebody didn't work, you would think something was wrong with him. So, so he said, I didn't picture life like this. So what I probably would suspect is that he probably did picture himself at a job. Right. Um, because, again, families, families where this is why I explain to you guys that a lot of wealth is very cultural. People think wealth is just purely educational. No, it's not just educational. Education means nothing if there's not a cultural context and a cultural backdrop. Let, uh, in fact, let me give you an example. I have a friend who works at a college preparatory program where they train kids to do well on the SAT. And he said that a lot of African-American families don't want to bring their kids, even if they offer it for free. He said, on the other hand, uh, he has Indian and Asian and African families that will pay thousands of dollars to get their children in that program, right? So it's the same type of education, but it's the culture that drives the parents to say, you need to get this kind of education because this is going to make a big difference in your life, right? So the culture is huge. If you grew up in a culture where uh, everybody's an entrepreneur, then there's a good chance you're going to want to be an entrepreneur too, right? So ultimately, when he talks about what he pictured in his life, I'd be curious to know who told you what your life is supposed to be like and what did you picture if you didn't picture what you're going through right now? So he probably pictured himself on a job, but he probably didn't picture himself in the middle of so much stress and pain. He probably didn't picture that. Somebody didn't let him know about the pain that might lie ahead. Uh, the other piece of that here that's really interesting, and I'm sharing this with you guys because a lot of y'all have kids. How many, in fact, let's stop for a second. How many of you have children? How many in here are parents? How many dads we got in here? How many proud mamas we got in here? How many of y'all have kids or somebody that you mentor like a child, a child, a niece, nephew, grandchild, or somebody that, that you're teaching right now? Every, if you have a child, you are a teacher. If you have a child, you are the number one instructor in their life or one of the top three or four. Seriously, I, I, you're you're the teacher, right? So 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 uh, so, and thank you for the parents that are doing a great job with your kids, uh, because what you have to do is understand the importance of being very conscious about what you're teaching your kids when when you talk about what to expect in life and how to be prepared for life. So a couple of things that a child might expect is number one, look, white folks don't love you that much. They they just don't. I I, I maybe I sound mean when I say it, but Maybe it, maybe you think that they love you, but they, they don't. They don't. And it's not because they're all brutal, vicious people. 
I have white neighbors. They're really nice people. Um, uh, it's because they have their own issues to deal with. They have their own lives. They, they just, nobody really cares that much about you. You have to care about yourself. Your family cares about you. That's what I tell my kids. Look, you, you, all you have is each other. You stick together. You work together. You help each other become successful. The other thing about sort of what to expect it, when I explain to them that life can be tough is I then say, okay, life is tough, but you're going to be tougher. So this is how you prepare for life. See, this poor young man that's on this video as a grown man crying, crying, you know, crying like crying. I mean, I'm not making fun of him, but he's, he, you know, he's, he's crying like, like almost like a little girl. I'm not hating it. I'm not making fun of it at all, but he's, he's breaking down emotionally. He's crying because somebody did not prepare him for the battle that lied ahead. Do you understand? So, I mean, seriously, how many of you, give me a yes or no, how many of you uh, would be happy to hear that in 20 years, your child that you love is going to be doing a YouTube video in front of a million people by now. A million people will probably watch this video, watching your child crying like a baby because the stress of going back to work is so overwhelming that they're having panic attacks every single day. Why in the hell would you want that for your child? Why Why do you, do you think that his parents... Would are, are happy about that? Do you think that they would? Do you think they'd be happy when he was a little baby, all you know, sweet and innocent and little? No, and if, if somebody said, Well, you know, in 20 years, your son is going to be on the internet and and a million people are going to be watching a video of him crying because his mental health is breaking down to the point where people are worried that he could be suicidal or something, that he's having panic attacks every day because he hates his job so much, that, that you did so little to prepare him for life. And then this is where the personal accountability piece comes into play. I'm sorry. I know something. It ain't popular to talk about accountability in our community. We want to act like everything is somebody else's responsibility or that white folks did it. And all. Sure, they're going to do what they're going to do. But at the end of the day, I'm going to sit here and say, who didn't prepare you for life? Who did not? Whose job was it to get you ready for the battle that lies ahead? Because they are not playing with you. They are not, these people ain't playing with you. They don't care if you, they, you 30 years old, man, you up here and crying. If you out here breaking down and crying, all that's going to happen is other men will spit in your face and laugh at you and step on you and say, oh, you were built to be a slave. You ain't no competition. How are you going to compete with me when I can make you cry like a little girl? And you, you're supposed to be a man like me. You ain't no man. You're, you're a boy. You're, 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 you're weak. So my question today for today, this is my question for today, is how are you preparing your kids? How are you preparing them for the pain that lies ahead? Because again, in this video, everybody can relate to this guy. I'm sitting here like, man, I feel bad for this poor brother because I, I wish I could talk to him. I wish I knew him. I wish he was my child. I wish I could go hug him. I wish I could go help him out. You know, because, because the thing about it is it doesn't have to be this way. He says it in, He says it himself. He says, we shouldn't have to live like this, y'all. It shouldn't be this way, y'all. And I'm like, you're right. It shouldn't be this way. It ain't supposed to be this way. So the question is, who convinced you to walk down the path of pain, destruction, 
in panic attacks. Who told you to walk down that dark alley where they could beat you upside the head and rob you? Who told you that? Who didn't prepare you to deal with economic warfare? Economic warfare where economics is used to control groups of people whose children have no assets, no resources, no capital base to lean on. Do me a favor, please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. And you guys know I'm all into solutions. So if I actually have a book and I'm free, it's it's free. You can have it. It's um it's what I call the $5 a day investing plan. You guys know I was a finance professor at Syracuse University for 13 years, and I taught at the Ohio State University, Indiana University, University of Kentucky. I taught in China and Europe, so I understand economics like the back of my hand. So I put together a very basic model that you can apply tomorrow where you can invest $5 a day and your child will have enough of a capital base by the age of 25, 30, that they'll never have to work for anybody again. So if you'd like to, to get the book, it's free. Just go to boyswalkins.com. You'll see the link right there. Feel free to go take a look. Um, so, so I'm not just going to talk about it without giving a solution. I'm a mathematician. We have to solve the problem, not just cry about it. And when I was in mathematics and teaching math at the University of Kentucky, we, there was no math problem where the solution was to sit and cry about it or blame it on white people. You actually had to solve the damn thing. So uh, I'm a problem solver and I like to talk to people who like to solve problems. So when I'm looking at this young man crying, uh, in fact, I'm going to show the video one more time for those of you who are late. And then I'm going to end with a final solution. Uh, I got to go to some meetings today. Um, I'm in New York for some meetings. So I'm going to uh, I, I got to bounce out of here. But, uh, but I really wanted to have this serious conversation with y'all. So let me play this video one more time for those of you who just came in. And uh, this is what we've been talking about. And I want to I want us to see it again so we can kind of dissect it. All right. Like, we are not supposed to live like this, y'all. Like, I'm on lunch and I don't want to go fucking back in, y'all. We, we shouldn't have to struggle so fucking hard and then struggle to operate struggle to, to 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 function as a person trying to make it like what the fuck y'all and i don't have a solution like we just i don't know y'all this ain't fucking it y'all this ain't fucking it i did not picture life being this fucking bullshit y'all y'all i've had us okay so yeah. So let me um, let me jump in real quick. And again, I want to make it clear. I'm not making fun of him, but I think this is a great opportunity to, to reverse engineer the slave trap, the, the, the economic trap that so many of our young people get stuck in. Uh, I know so many young people who are in their 20s, 30s. Uh, maybe the, the trap is a student loan trap. The trap might be the corporate job trap. The trap might be a lack of assets trap. And while it may be tough to get ourselves where we want to be, we can certainly make a different plan for our children. So here's what I want you to understand. I had a conversation with my daughter the other day. And one of the things I said to her was I said, what do you think is the difference between rich people and poor people? And she said, I don't know. Rich people have a lot of money. I said, pretty much. Yeah. I said, what rich people have is the same thing that corporations have, that um, universities have, that um, even uh, a lot of nonprofits have. They have a capital base, a capital base. Now, what is a capital base? All the capital base is, is a set of resources that you can lean on when you, uh, when you need things. 
right? So a capital base could be a farmer that has, uh, you know, 10 cows, uh, 20 pigs, 14 chickens, and eight apple trees. He, he's, he's not going to go hungry because he can go out and he can get, get food from the pigs and chickens and the apples. Uh, he can sell the apples. He can sell, uh, he can sell the milk from the cows, and he can generate income for himself. He doesn't need to go and get a job for anybody because he has a capital base. Now, for someone very wealthy, like Harvard University, their capital base is their $40 billion endowment, which allows them to operate and to pay their bills and to do what they got to do. Uh, for a wealthy person, they may have a trust fund. They may have some assets in place so that they don't have to get up and go to work every day because they've got money in to pay the, the mortgage or the car note or whatever it is. And so the reason many Black people are economically enslaved is because nobody took the time to give you a capital base. Nobody. And I'm not saying that they're bad people. I'm just saying that because economic intelligence and financial literacy maybe isn't the, the first conversation many of us have, I, a, a lot of people are stuck out here economically naked. It did no capital base whatsoever. Uh, and so I, I, I said to my daughter, I said, so when you have no financial capital base, like it, it, I said, think about it. If you have a hundred thousand in stocks and another two hundred thousand in real estate, you can. You don't have to really go to work if you don't want to. You can live your life. You can do whatever you want to do. But when you have nothing, then your only capital is what in economics we refer to as human capital. The only capital you have at that point is your body or your time. That's when you become the single mom who's sleeping with men so she can get the rent paid. You're taking something incredibly valuable, your body, your vagina, and you're giving it away so you can get the bills paid. Or if you're a man you're, you're, or, or anybody, you're, you're giving your free time. You're giving away hours of your day that should be spent with your children and you're spending them at the factory because your only capital base is human capital, your body and your labor problem with that with human capital is that it's it's very expensive you sleep you're sleeping with people for money that's really you're paying a huge price for that if you're working every day uh you, you, you eventually you get tired so it's, it's hugely expensive and it also is depleting there's a point where you get to be 67 years 70 years old you can't get up and go to work every day you can't work the way you used to you don't want to ever spend your whole life in a situation where if you don't work you don't eat because what if you get injured what if you just get old and tired what if you just hate your job what if you start feeling like this guy when you're having panic attacks and you're like i'll do anything to get away from this job well at that point it's it's unfortunate because you're almost hitting rock bottom where some people literally get to the point where the only escape becomes death. I don't want your children to feel that way. I don't think your children deserve that. Give me a yes in the chat if you're hearing what I'm saying. Give me a yes in the chat. Let me know. I need some validation right now. I really need this. Let me know if what I am saying is at least getting you to consider carefully how you're going to teach and train and prepare your children. Give me a yes. I just I just need that in the chat. Okay? So So here's the deal. If I'm raising a black child in America that's going to be under constant threat of economic slavery, particularly in a capitalist society that trains everybody to be consumers and go deep in debt and waste all their money so they can go and, and survive on the corporate plantation and become slaves to the corporate plantation after they've taken on a lifetime of student loan and everything else. If I'm raising a black child in that space, I'm teaching, I'm preparing my child to have their head on a swivel. I'm going to give my child a capital base, number one. 
You can do it very easily. If you go to boyswalkins.com, that book, that book is free. It's the $5 day investing plan. So when I have a newborn baby, I'm investing like crazy for that child. And I'm not selling none of the assets. I'm going in buying a couple of dollars worth of, of S&P 500 index funds every week on autopilot, whatever I can afford, at least maybe the same amount as I, I put in my car note. I'm doing $300, $400 a month, maybe $200, maybe $100, whatever I can afford so that my child has a capital base. So that by the time they're 25 years old or 30, they've got $200,000 in stocks liquid so they don't have to feel like this poor guy who is a sounds like he's damn near suicidal, who's having panic attacks, panic attacks. Like that's a heavy mental health issue. If he was a white woman, people would give him money for that. White, white women have terrible things that happen to them. And then they say, I was having panic attacks. And then they give them the, the, the jury awards them $10 million. So, so, so what he's going through is real and it is painful and it is traumatic. And a capital base would have protected him from that. If he had somebody in his life they left him an inheritance, left him a life insurance policy. Life insurance ain't that expensive or did something where they were investing for him since he was a child. He wouldn't be going through that. The second thing you do with your child is you don't just give them a capital base. You give them some damn knowledge. You teach them that there's more than one way to skin the economic cat other than just getting up and going to work for a white man every day. It ain't nothing wrong with going to work. I'm not here to job shame. I don't make fun of people that have jobs. My whole family, we, we've had jobs for generations. What I am saying is that there is a difference between going to work because you want to versus going to work because you have to. There's a difference between being in a situation where losing your job is the end of everything versus being in a situation where losing your job only means that you now have time to pursue your business interests a lot further. It means there's a difference between having one income from one location, particularly coming from an oppressor who has hated you for 400 years, and versus being in a situation where that is one of about four or five different income streams you have because you've got a little real estate over here. You've got a little stock over here. You've got a small business operating over here. Do you understand what I'm saying? <clears throat> you cannot go into the, 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 the basketball game of economics where you only got one move. You don't show up with one move. It's easy. If anybody knows, I don't know if anybody's ever played basketball or any sports fans, but I'm a sports fan. So I'm going to use a basketball analogy. And even if you don't like sports, you'll get this, I believe. It's very easy to play defense against a basketball player who only has one move. Like if all you know how to do is dribble to your left and go to the basket, Oh, I'm going to know how to stop that. I'm going to block your shot or steal the ball every single time. You can't win. Like Michael Jackson said, you can't win, you can't break even, and you can't get out of the game. You can't win if you only got one move. So if you want to be a complete player on the basketball court, you need to learn several ways to get to the basket. You got to learn how to do layups, free throws, three-pointers, Jump shots from the top of the key. You got to learn how to box out, get open, pick and roll. You got to learn all these moves, and that makes you a complete player. That's how you become LeBron. So in the game of economics, the number one reason that we have so many millions of people that are in the same situation that this poor brother is in right now is because you only got one move. White supremacy and integration taught you that the one move you make as a black person is to go to school yet so you can get a good job with
some white man pay you a high salary to go and, and sell you sell him your life. Sell him time that should be spent with your kids to humiliate yourself into the ground where he literally said it's hard to operate as a person. When he said it's hard to operate as a person, that to me, I interpret that as they have stripped you of your humanity. They have taken away your personhood. You don't even feel like a person anymore because you, what do you feel like a dog now? You feel like a child now, but you certainly don't feel like a man. You certainly don't, because uh, you certainly don't look like a man right now. You don't look like a man right now. I'm not making fun of it. I'm not, this is not toxic masculinity, but I am saying that 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 the best reflection of manhood is not getting on the internet and crying about what another man is doing to you. That doesn't work very well. That's not very sexy. I don't I don't know, ladies, how many of y'all saw that man on the on the video and said, Oh, that's a sexy, that's a sexy man. I will I want to get with him and make some babies. Oh, that that's a that's oh he he looking good, girl. How many of y'all said, Oh, I want him to be the father of my kids? How many of y'all, how many of y'all felt that way? Did anybody feel that way? No, you didn't. You didn't because you want to see the black man as a king. You want to see the black man as a winner, not a loser. You're not naturally, you're not supposed to be attracted to losers. Some, some Maybe some of you have gotten used to that. Maybe because your brother or your uncle was a loser. So, so we think that being a loser is okay, but it's not okay. It's not okay to be a loser because the stakes are high. The stakes are high. If we don't prepare our children for the battle that lies ahead, your child will go through a level of pain that is so unspeakable that I can't find the words to properly verbalize it on this podcast. So I am begging you with everything in my heart right now. I am absolutely begging you to prepare your children for the future. Teach that child how to start a business so that when they lose their job or if they tell their boss to kiss their ass, they have somewhere to go. Teach that child how to invest in stocks and real estate so that they know all the ways to make money and not just money from the job. Invest for the child right now so that when they get into the game and they want to advance, they've got something to work with. You have to give them something to work with. Your your, your capital base, your, your, the, the money that you have, access, the resources that you have, it's like going into a football game and the money is like your teammate. And you cannot go win a football game when you're showing up and you're the only player on the field and you're going up against 11 guys on the other side. So do these things for your kids and they won't end up like this poor guy. I really, I, my heart goes out to him. I hate it. Uh, but one of the things I saw when I saw this video is that sometimes we forget that wealth is a team sport. And the reason he's out here by himself, the reason he's crying on the Internet, the reason he's having panic attacks, the reason they, they've broken him down to a little boy is because his, his teammates dropped the ball. His mama, daddy, all the people that were supposed to prepare him for all of this corporate slavery, particularly when you're black, none of those people came through for him. Now he's out there by himself. Don't leave your kids by themselves. That is child abuse. Dr. Claude Anderson says it clearly in Powernomics. And in fact, one good thing you guys could do is go, go to Powernomics.com, get a copy, talk to your kids about power, because that's the language they need to be able to speak. So that's it, guys. That's all I got to say. 
Thank you all for listening. My website's boyswalkins.com. If you want that free ebook, just go to boyswalkins.com. And, uh, and of course, you guys know we have a lot of stuff going on in the Black Business School. We'd love to help you. Uh, but either way, get your kids ready for the future uh, because solutions are out there. I, sitting around and crying about it is not a solution at all. We must prepare for the future. All right, guys, have a wonderful day. God bless you. Please hit the thumbs up button on your way out. I will talk to you all soon. Please have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who got to delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Here we are.